Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we got some news on the Jake Wolman arbitration front, so we'll do him in player predictions as well as two other defensemen who could rotate on that third pair. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Well, Scotty is the host of Locked On Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, today, we finally had some Red Wings news happen. It wasn't Ooh. very big news, but it was news nonetheless. Uh, Elliot Freeman hey, tweeted news, out news, baby. that the arbitrations filings for Jake Wolman are now public. The team is asking for $775,000 at the NHL level, $225,000 at the AHL level, which means the Red Wings are filing for a two-way contract. Well, Jake Wolman himself and his camp are asking for $1.7 million one-way contract at the NHL level. Not huge. Pretty I mean, there is an aspect. There's a big discrepancy here, and that's not to be that. It's not that surprising. Because that's just how these arbitrations go. But there is an element of this that is interesting in that the Red Wings in their lowball offer, as the team always lowballs it, is asking not for a one-way, but a two-way um, contract. And I, I don't think that, again, I'm not trying to overblow this or blow this out of the water and overreact to it. But I do think there is an interesting an interesting point to be made that the Red Wings in their lowball did offer two-way contract because I do think that does speak to what they think that he is worth as a defenseman on the Red Wings. Hey guys, real quick addendum before we get into the Jake Wolman conversation, something that we forgot to mention, but it's very rare that it actually goes to an arbiter when teams file for arbitration, when players file for arbitration. Only once in the last two years, and this is from Elliot Friedman's mouth of 32 Thoughts, only once in the last two years has it actually gone to real arbitration. So more than likely, one or both parties are going to settle on a contract before it gets to that point. But it needs to be said that the chances of it actually going to arbitration is likely not very big. So anyways, back to the episode. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, I mean, look, whether you like it or not, those, those fringe players are insurmountably more valuable as two-way players than, than one-way, you know, and, and um, it, it helps the roster flexibility a, a ton. The more two-way guys you can have on there, uh, honestly, uh, from a GM's perspective, the better. Um, it's, that's just how roster management works. So it, I, I was – I mean, it's a massive discrepancy, right? I mean, you're talking about almost a million dollars in money and the difference between a one-way and a two-way deal, and, and – um, the fact that one of those two is going to end up being, unless they come to a terms on a on a one year deal um, outside of arbitration, the fact that one of those two is going to be the his contract status for the year is is pretty fascinating. But yeah, I mean, it it, it makes sense from both sides. Obviously, as a player, you want to be in the NHL all year, and as like I said, I, I just got done ranting about as a as a GM. The more two-way players, the better for for your roster flexibility, especially when it comes to guys that you're talking about as as you know third pairings or third and fourth liners. Anyway, 
Yeah, no, you're you're completely right. Um, the, I think the main reason he probably got a two-way contract is because, or is being offered a two-way contract again is because of the low ball method, but also because of that injury. You know, he's not going to be starting the season. He's out. Sure. He had surgery. He's currently recuperating, but he's going to miss That's the start of the season. probably their justification for the two-way, yeah. Yeah, so, but I do think that, I, again, I'm really trying hard, Scotty, not to overreact to it because it's just how these things go. But the fact that it was two-way makes me think that maybe they just don't, even with the injury, do they maybe just not value him as part of this decor? Not valuing him is a strong word. That's not how I mean it. But just not as much as other players. Or maybe they think that certain other left-handed defenseman is going to compete harder for that spot on the left-handed decor. I just, when Jake Wallman, they traded for him. He played, what, 16 games in the Detroit Red Wings? I'm going to look at it here just to make sure that, but 19 games in the Detroit Red Wings had four points. He played on that third D pair. He rotated in and out. I don't think he has, when we talk about player predictions and highs and lows, with the justification of that, um, that two-way contract, I don't see him as an everyday player, especially, again, with that competition from Simon Edmondson. So, again, not trying to overreact to this offer of a two-way contract because that's how arbitration goes. They'll probably settle somewhere in the middle. Uh, $1 million. He's definitely not worth $1.7 million. He'll probably settle somewhere near $1 million one-way contract. But, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's out of the realm of possibility that he is a fringe NHL player because, yeah, his underlying microanalytics when they traded for him looked great in sheltered minutes with St. Louis, but in his time with Detroit, which granted is a much worse um, defensive core wasn't all of that surprising. He has the ability to skate up the ice, produce offense in the offensive zone, but just at a third pair level, I, I don't think it's that big of a stretch necessarily to see him as a you know two-way contract type player. And clearly, I think the Red Wings think it's possible too, or else they wouldn't have even offered a two-way contract. Yeah, for sure. I, I think when you're talking about expectations for, for the season for him, he's going to be the only player that, when we talk about worst and best case scenario, we have to factor in, you know, a non 82 game season, right? At the present moment, that's, that's the only guy that that's going to for sure apply to. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's when I, when I think about a best case scenario for him, I guess it would be just that I, he, comes back healthy and maybe solidifies himself in in uh down there in the third like i i'm not really sure what else you you can expect from him. he's not going to crack the the top two that's not going to happen no. so I, I guess that that's the that that's the best case scenario and, and worst case is he never is is because he played some productive hockey there after they acquired him last season so I guess the the worst case scenario is he's never really able to to solidify himself as an everyday NHLer after he comes back. No, yeah, and by he wasn't horrible. I mean, I think that it was one of those situations you're trading off Nick Letty and you're getting a, a player back who, and this is in classic Steve Eiserman fashion, was looking for a guy who maybe just needed a little bit more room to grow and blossom. And you know, we only had 19 games to look at him and he was again he wasn't he wasn't necessarily out of place on that third pairing in fact i think him and gustav lindstrom with what they both bring could make a decent pairing but i i just i'm not when it comes talking about highs and lows it's hard to predict because we didn't see a lot of him and he does provide a certain 
play style the Red Wings could utilize, but his, I mean, his, his ceiling is definitely, you know, third pair, maybe ceiling, like you said, Scotty, third is solidified third pair D man, while his floor is probably exactly what the Red Wings offered a guy who's coming up and down from the AHL level whenever an injury occurs. Of course, you know, that all depends on how the salary arbitration works out. Not that they can't, you know, waive him regardless, but. It's just there's not a lot of wiggle room. I don't think his floor and his ceiling are that far apart right. in this no, season I, coming up. I, I totally agree, which is which is kind of ironic because of, of how big of a discrepancy the, the two sides are in the arbitration hearing. But uh, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think I don't think it's too far apart because we know like objectively, like for a fact, he's gonna miss significant time. So like I, I don't think the the, the the highest highs and and like the worst case scenario are really that far apart. I, I agree with you. Um, I'm really interested to see what uh, what happens in this arbitrate case though, because those are those are very different. You know what I mean? Like we can you can talk about the difference between whatever like like two or three million dollars for somebody that's more established and and you know an everyday player and stuff. But when you start doing arb cases for for dudes like that that are fringe NHL players and, and one side wants a two-way and one way, one side doesn't, that's where it gets really dicey and that's where, you know, relationships with organizations can can get sour and it, it, it gets it gets super dicey in that. And, and uh, I have full faith in Steve and I don't know Jake Wallman. So, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure everything will be fine. But um, those, are, those are very different. <laughs> like, his season – you know, a, a judge could just an arbitrator could decide <laughs> that 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 his season looks a lot different um, than than maybe he expects it to. Yeah, I mean, I would be absolutely shocked if an arbitrator gives him a two way contract. I, I would be shocked if that's what happens. I think, again, it, while it is surprising to see the Red Wings low ball that hard, yeah, they, they could settle out and give him a one year deal. And just I think it's going to be like one year, eight hundred seventy five thousand to one million dollars. I think that's probably where it's going to be. It's going to be right in the right in the middle there. I don't think in those 19 games he necessarily earned 1.7 million. I don't. For sure, but I mean like there there's also a reality where the his party, his camp and the Red Wings are adamant on either being uh a uh, one way or, or a two way, you know? Like yeah, that's a that's true. a very real possibility and then something that we've seen before and if and if they are very stingy, <laughs> if both sides are very uh <laughs> Set in stone about him being either a one way or a two way, then it's going to come down to an arbitrator. Completely agree. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product you need to use every day. You got to start taking Athletic Greens because, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with high with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up your daily nutritional insurance. Good Lord. All the way to the last word. All the way to the last word. I had it. Oh, insurance. What the hell is insurance? That's... That's a great question, dog. I don't know. One of these days. One of these days. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's do Gustav Lindstrom now. I think out of the three guys we're going to talk about today, I think he's the most interesting. Um, Red Wings draft pick started getting more meaningful minutes and by meaningful minutes playing at the NHL level this past season. I have a soft spot for Gustav Lindstrom. At times, he looked really good. Um, relative to where he plays and the minutes he's getting. And other times he looked really out of uh, place. I think there was some growing pains for sure for Gustav Lindstrom. He played 63 games this past year for the Red Wings with 1,000 minutes on the ice, 13 points, one goal, and 12 assists. Not that type of defenseman. So when I look at point totals, I'm not really all that concerned. But he's a guy who put up, if you look at his player card and you look at those you know goals above replacement that I love to you know reference, he was a 58th percentile defensive defenseman, and that's not horrible. It's not great. His offense was not very good, though. He's a guy who is definitely more defensive, defensive-minded, and in the games where he looked strong, he looked like a bona fide bottom-pair defenseman, which isn't necessarily, it's not a slight. I mean, having a bona fide anywhere defenseman, having a guy who can lock it down on the third pair at a third pair level, that's not a bad thing, and he, at times, looked like he could do that. I mean, I remember a specific game against the Minnesota Wild in which he looked in particular good. The Wings lost that game, but he in particular looked very good. And then he would go on stretches where he looked bad. He finished the season, Scotty, with a on, uh, relative to his teammates' expected goal f- goals for percentage of .07. So relative to his teammates when he was on the ice, he was a .07 positive metric for the Red Wings when it came to shot attempts for. That's pretty dang good considering the Wings were one of the worst defensive teams in the league and allowed the most goals against per 60 to even even if it's just 0.07 for that to be a positive metric throughout the stretches of hot and cold he had on this team. That's something to commend him for, and I hope that he can build off that and further cement himself as a quality defensive defenseman on the third pair. Yeah, for sure. I I think that plays into best case scenario. I I think the the best case for uh for him this season is that is cementing himself and and we're looking at uh when we look ahead to to the season after this upcoming season, we lock him down as a as one of the guys on the the third pair for for the defensive side of the puck. I I think that that's as good as it's going to get. And that's, again, not a bad thing at all. Every team needs that. And if you can go forward and, and over the next year or so, year two, three, whatever, uh, know for a fact that you're going to have a guy that that's going to give you productive minutes on the third line or, or third pairing, that's all you can really ask for. So um, I, I think that that's my best case scenario for him is he re-solidifies himself as 
part of the future, even if it is just as the as the third pairing defenseman. Well, another thing, too, is you got to remember. He was doing this well. Also, yes, bulk majority of the time he was a third pair, sometimes second pair defenseman. But just like everyone else on this team was asked to perform above their capabilities. For sure. And this was a very shallow team last year, especially on the defensive side of things. It's a deeper defensive core this year. With a deeper defensive core, maybe a more capable partner, Gustav Lindstrom will possibly thrive more than he did the past year. So put him on that third pair. I mean, I'm looking at his distribution of time on the ice here on Evolving Hockey, and he did play a really healthy mix on all three pairs. I think both you and I re- recognize he's probably a third pair defensive defenseman, which again is completely okay, and which is what I want out of this guy. But if he can just continue to solidify that on a deeper defensive core, I think he will take a step forward, maybe not in his production, but his 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 shutdown ability in the defensive zone, I guess is the best way I, I can think of saying it at the moment. So with a lot of these players, and this is why, guys, we are tending to lean more on they're going to be better this year than they were last year, not just because of obvious obvious biases, but because of the fact that this team on paper is a lot better. And so by proxy, we talk about the trickle-down effect a lot in, on this NHL roster, but by proxy, these players are going to be playing better because they're playing with better teammates, playing in positions where they're more comfortable against competition that's you know more their speed. So I think that a guy like Gustav Lindstrom... And hopefully better coaching. And hopefully better coaching. Can't can't sell that short. I think guys like Gustav Lindstrom are probably going to thrive this season because I don't think he's going to be asked to play top pair or second pair minutes. Now, he did play 79 minutes of shorthanded time on the ice. And I think I'd like to see him take a step forward and get more penalty kill time because I think he will thrive on that. And with his age at only 23 years old this past year, he could become a staple on that defensive penalty kill if he can get more minutes and continue to grow that's that's where i i cap off with my ceiling my uh best case for scenario sure. yeah for sure i i think you know I'm, I'm i'm really that's one of the things i'm most excited about for this upcoming season is the special teams lines and uh and uh, on both sides of the puck and and on both special teams right i'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of combinations they want to do on the offensive end and, and, uh, on the defensive end. Um, and, and especially, I mean, we, we know how poor the special teams has been the last couple of years. So I'm really pumped to see what they do and who they match with who on, on the power play and penalty kill. But I, I think that he, yeah, is like a penalty kill too. Sure. I mean, why not? Like they're, they, uh, there, there's, there's room to grow certainly. Um, and, and when you look at worst case scenario, I think for him, it's, it's, probably just bottoming out and and by you know we're we're at, at the end of the season it's it's okay we have nobody solidified on our third pair <laughs> yeah and it's and it's the opposite kind of you know i i think that worst case scenario is uh that that he doesn't have a season good enough to staple himself in as as part of the future plans and uh he he's looked at as i guess in the same breath as the beginning of the show he's looked at as more of a two-way kind of like in baseball they call it a I, they call it a quadruple A player, right? Like right yeah. in that fringe. I think that that's probably worst case scenario for him. It is. And I mean, he was a second round pick. So you hope that he can, you know, solidify himself on 38th overall. So like an early second round pick back in 2017. So you hope that he can solidify him his way there. But, you know, it's it's a similar case. I, I think he has more upside than Jake Wolman. I really do. Yeah, I agree. So I have more faith that he'll be able to solidify himself. But also, I don't really feel 
if he ends up being that quadruple A player as you compared it to there, I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing in the world either. I don't think the Red no. Wings are. I don't, don't want to. Again, like, like as I ass, said, but right as I said at the beginning, that's a you, you need plenty and like that that creates a hole. Like you're going to yeah. have to go and get somebody that you that you think can can be a staple on the third pair, but. Uh, th those guys are are very valuable, and like I said, those are some of those dudes are GM's dreams because they can just pass them up and down without waivers and everything. So that's a they're needed. It's just that it, it does create it, it, they're needed for depth. They're they're but it does create holes for for starting lines. Yeah, and he played sixty three games out of eighty two, and on a, a team this brutal. So I just have faith that even if even if his even if he doesn't take a step forward personal play wise, just the team as a whole being better. He's going to have a better output as a whole. So I'm just not right. really, it, it, go, it goes back to the argument we had with every single player is that I'm not really that far concerned with them taking a step back more or less just the team as a whole getting better and then keep them keeping pace with that progression. Cause I just, I, I think that Lidstrom, Lind, Lidstrom, Lindstrom has a pretty large upside on the, at least on the defensive side of the puck enough to solidify himself there. So again, I'm not really all that concerned with the, the, I think what you said about the worst case scenario is true, but I'm not really all that worried about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and like, again, we're, we're, we are, we're trying to put ceilings and floors on everybody, but I don't think that, um, or I, I guess I do think that every player is, is leaning one direction or the other. And, uh, yeah. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Jordan Osterley. He's the last player we got to cover for today. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about betonline.net. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to do Jordan Osterley to finish out today's episode. And Jordan Osterley, Scotty, was a player that was being signed last offseason to a two-year contract. And in this last season with the Detroit Red Wings, he had two goals and six assists for eight points. Dearborn native, if I recall correctly, and he had probably one of the most electric goals all season long. And one of his two goals was the overtime winner at LCA, his first goal as a Detroit Red Wing. But... Uh, the, a lot of the praise kind of ends there. And I mean, that just sounds harsh, but it's, it's kind of true. I mean, even all season long, he was up and down in the lineup, like every single defenseman, but he also found himself out of the lineup a couple times this past season as well, as he only played 45 games, half the games played all the way up to playing top pair minutes with Moritz Sider. So he, I mean, given that range, it sounds like he's going to be a hard player to predict, but I really don't think he will be. I think just like the other two defensemen we've talked about today, the best case and worst case scenarios probably aren't all that different. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a, a pretty pretty narrow window here. I think that worst case is uh, what he he doesn't make it through eighty two games on the NHL roster, and and best case is 
he solidifies himself as, as as getting a majority of playing time on the third pair. I I think that's that's going to be pretty similar for a lot of those fringe guys. And and I guess we kind of said, or at least I said, kind of a the the same thing three times in, in a row here for this episode. But I, I I think that that's pretty straightforward. I mean, we we saw. We, we saw some flashes. He had a couple of really nice plays defensively, too, that were pointed out by some people online. And um, he 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 has he has some dog in him, for sure. He's got yeah, some dog, dog in him. him. And, uh, you know, that doesn't always translate uh, time in and time out and, and game in and game out. But it's um, – I, I mean, I like him. And, and again, you, you need depth guys, and he's certainly a, a, a good depth piece if you want to talk again about, like, 4A – or better players. Um, so yeah, I think I think best case is he really shows out and, and is a staple down there on the third pairing. And yeah, worst case is he, he has trouble making it through the, the whole season on the wings roster. Yeah, I mean, that's really what there is for him. I mean, he struggled to be an everyday player on this team last season. And right. again, I mean, it's another case where, again, this team's roster wasn't very deep last year. But if you can't make it as an everyday player on the worst defensive team on hockey as a defenseman, then right. when this team gets right. better and brings in better talent, I find it harder to believe that this will get better. Uh, Jordan Osterley, I mean, his expected goals for percentage last year was 41%. The team's, I think, was like 46 So you got to keep that in mind when you're you, throwing that number out there. The team as a whole got out shot really bad, like every single game, but he was still five points below that. So that's really bad, and his relative was negative 0.36. So. He just, unfortunately, I mean, despite a couple of flashes every now and again, he was never really, and again, playing top pair minutes with Moritz Sider way above his pay grade. He and DeKaiser seemed to split the time up there on the top pair, but he never really seemed to be comfortable um, on that Red Wings defensive core. So I have trouble, I have trouble even saying, solidifying himself as a top or a bottom pair defenseman on there every single day. Sorry, I thought I heard a, the dog barking. Um, but that's why I was like, what? I paused there for a second. So I, I find it hard to... Yeah, it's fair. You know, really put him there. I, I just really do. So I think best case scenario, he plays like 68 games instead of 45. He's in the roster more often than he isn't. But worst case scenario, he gets waved and sent down to Grand Rapids because there's just too much depth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the worst case is, is yeah, very, I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, that that he, yeah, doesn't end the season on uh, on the Red Wings roster. But yeah, the you know the peak is definitely a a debatable thing. I think that there is a, uh, and again we're we're presuming health for everybody. But I, I think there's a scenario where he can he can play his way onto that third pairing. I'm not saying it's the most likely of scenarios, but. Um, I, I think there's probably a way that he can do that. But, but he, he, I mean, regardless, I, I think, again, we're talking about peaks and, and valleys. If we, if we want to shoot somewhere in the middle and talk about what's most likely, it's probably him being about what he was last year. But those are in future episodes. Scotty, any final thoughts, man? Um, we ball. We do ball. Thanks for being Locked On Red Wings, your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So we'll be back on Friday, and we'll cover 
whatever Red Wings news has happened through the World Junior Championship, as well as probably go back to the forward core. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.